Warning, Spinning on Two Wheels contains language, themes, and references that are inappropriate for the ears of children, sensitive grandparents, and public forums. Headphone use is recommended. Hi y'all, I'm Peggy, the kick-ass knitter. My pronouns are she, her, and hers, and I'm bad to the bone. Grab your yarn and throw open the throttle. It's time to kickstart this episode of Spinning on Two Wheels. Hey, y'all! Welcome, welcome, welcome to any new listeners out there. Welcome, welcome back, all my wonderful returning listeners. I am so excited. I am so excited to make this episode for you today. This episode of Spinning on Two Wheels is being recorded on Wednesday, February 16th, 2022, and will include fashionably riding, open throttle, a life on the road update, a gear check, and an unboxing. So punch into gear and let's roll on. First up, I'd like to give you, lovely listeners, a quick Life on the Road update to thank you all for joining me on our detour into quilting last episode. I know it wasn't a normal episode, and I just wanted to explain a little bit about how that came about. At the beginning of this podcasting adventure, I made a decision to include all of the little and the big life things that occur that prevent me from knitting and explain them to you, my dear listeners, to keep the episode scheduling consistent. And because life happens. And boy, howdy! Did driving over to my mom's every day to work on quilting and sewing for a week prevent me from knitting. Yes. Yes, it did. But it was important. And being able to share with y'all, finally share with y'all about that project and why it was important, it was really special for me. So thank you. While riding gear is important, wearing handmade gear is more fun. Riding while fashionable is the best way to show your colors and show off your skills. This is how I've been fashionably riding through life. So I haven't been fashionably riding a whole lot these last couple of weeks. However, I did want to stop in here briefly to mention that I am wearing my Cheerfierston socks. These second socks made in Operation Sock Drawer. What? What? Yarn and pattern info will be in the show notes. Available at twowheelspodcast.com. And we're going to cruise right along to the next segment. But first, this message. This episode brought to you by Deathwish Coffee. They aren't sponsoring the podcast. They aren't paying me to say this. But without it, I'd be asleep. So, Deathwish Coffee. Literally the reason I am able to make this podcast. This is Open Throttle, getting you up to speed on my current projects. 
As always, first up, always, when we can, I'd like to report a little bit of progress on the MHK, the Master Hand Knitting Program. There is no knitting for level two yet, least sad face, that none of y'all can see. However, I did want to mention that I have completed the outline for the second book report. I chose Vogue Knitting, the ultimate knitting book by the editors of Vogue Knitting Magazine. Now, TKGA defines this book as an all-rounder, really, as a general technique guide, a stitch dictionary, a design manual, etc. But I was concentrating specifically on the chapters dealing with designing knitwear. So we're going to see how that goes. Hopefully it will be accepted. And I need to order more yarn for this. It was part of the feedback I received from level one. Duck egg blue is not pastel enough, so I need more white yarn. But I did also refine my outline of Entrelac by Rosemary Drysdale. I have some progress to report through Operation Suck Drawer. What? What? I have made it to the heel flaps on the Ultimate Koi Pond Meta Socks. 12 color stripes in and a centimeter of heel flap done. And let me tell you, working these two at a time is going so much better, so much faster than one at a time like I was before. The Vintage Reproduction Phenomenal Sweater is still coming along quite beautifully. Not as quickly on the front as when I started it, but it's still going. I'm still enjoying working with the hand spun that I've made. It's still coming out lovely and soft. And every time I move it, it just gets a little softer. It's quite nice. Lastly, in open throttle, I have been spinning. I know, it's been a while. Allow me to recap. Before I took a little bit of spinning break, I have been spinning a beautiful brown fleece that I purchased in 2019 at the Maryland Sheep and Wool Festival. And the original fleece was about 3.6 kilograms or around eight pounds. I don't know why I suddenly pulled out the spinning wheel and just went on it, but I did. I've spun up and fully plied about half of this fleece so far. So it was kind of it was kind of time to get moving on it again. You know, I'd like to get it spun, make progress, like you do. Speaking of progress, I'm going to roll on to the next segment after this break. This episode is brought to you by my mom's yarn stash. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh, 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 oh my god. Oh my god. Oh, 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 oh my god. Mom. Ooh, oh my god. Oh my god. Hopefully you hear that sound. And we know what that sound means, if it exists. Anyway. Welcome to another Knit Crate unboxing! Woo! <laughs> Normally, for Knit Crate unboxings, I close my eyes, we kind of explore this together, I will do my best 
to describe the yarn and patterns that I received in my Knit Crate, uh, Knit Crochet Club yarn subscription box. Once again, I am not sponsored by Knit Crate at all. They are not paying me to give this review in any way, shape, or form. I pay for this subscription myself. I will provide links to some podcast people out there. Shout out Greg and Pam. I hope you guys are still listening. Hi! They are sponsored by Knit Crate, and y'all should go listen to them. Y'all should go listen to them. Here we go. All right, I shut. Opening the box. There's tissue paper. I feel yarn. I feel yarn labels. Where's the knit crate typically includes a like pattern card. I want to do that first. Shut the box so we can read this before we actually see the yarn. Because delayed gratification is a thing, y'all. Ooh. This month's theme for February 2022 is land and sea. There is magic between these great lichen and moss-covered trees. Follow the path to the hidden getaway deep in the forest. And on the back side of the intro card, there are download links for the patterns. There are two sock patterns. They look kind of cute. The crochet one looks um, like it's got bobbles of some kind. The knit pattern looks very structural, if that makes sense. I'm thinking cuffed down because of the toe construction. Uh, it looks like a heel flap instead of an inset or afterthought heel. Maybe some increases and decreases at the top of the foot. Hard to say. The Knit Crochet Club, which I get, also comes with two patterns. They are both shawls or scarves. The knit shawl seems to be constructed kind of center out with a band added along the outside. Some maybe lace work in there. And the crochet shawl seems to be rectangular in design. Um, the knit shawl does not look rectangular. It looks maybe like a rounded triangle. But the crochet shawl seems to have maybe some butterfly decorative stitches. It's very open. And it looks, it looks rectangular in construction. They are lovely patterns. And if you would like them, you should go listen to... Greg and Pam, hosts of the Unraveling podcast, because Knit Crate actually sponsors them. Yep. They are how I was convinced to get a Knit Crate. So if it worked for me, hey, also they have like coupon codes and stuff. I don't have that because Knit Crate doesn't sponsor me. But let's get to this yarn. Oh! Okay, the first thing I noticed right off the bat, it is a gorgeous blue. And there's a little, there's a little treat for later. Where am I gonna put this? I'll put it there. Okay, 
This is a gorgeous cerulean blue. Oh, it's pretty. Okay. But what, what the heck are you? All right. In my month's knit crate, I received Vitalana Ascendance by Knit Crate in the colorway Vivid Blue. Yeah, I believe it. I believe that color. Yes, I do. Vitalana Ascendance is 100% Peruvian Highland wool in a sport weight, 300 meters, 3.5 ounces. The instructions are to hand wash gently, lay flat, so it is not super wash. Recommended needle size are 3.75 to 6 millimeters for a gauge of 20 to 16 stitches for 10 centimeters. It appears to be a single ply chain yarn construction. It's quite soft. It almost, it does not feel like wool. I hope you guys can hear that. That's your knitting ASMR for the month. Yeah, it does not feel like wool. It, you know how some people have, hmm, oh, I have sensitive skin. Um, I know other people who have sensitivities to like a perceived scratchiness of wool. Now we're fiber people and we know that wool is not always scratchy. We know it can be very soft, that there are plenty of super soft fibers out there and that merino wool mm, is so soft it is what dreams are made out of but this does not feel like typical peruvian highland wool i think if somebody didn't like wearing wool next to the skin because they felt it was scratchy they would have no problem wearing this because it doesn't it almost feels like acrylic <laughs> that's so weird but it feels like acrylic because it's got that kind of slick texture almost. Which I think is a byproduct of the chain construction of the yarn. So that's really interesting. And as I said, this is a gorgeous cerulean blue. And I received two skeins. Thank you, Knit Crate. So what was this little, what is this little prize thing? From Katrinkles. Knit Crate always includes a little, a little specialty item in their boxes. This month I received a little button. Okay. A felt two-hole sheep. It looks like maybe laser cut or stamped button with a plastic um, iridescent shimmer toggle for the button. The back of the card included with the felt. I have never seen a felt button before. This thing is at least six centimeters wide, maybe a little over, probably about 3.5 inches. Anyone out there want to do that math for me? Go ahead. No, don't. The back says Katrinkle buttons and tools are lovingly designed, expertly crafted, and hand finished in our Rhode Island studio. It's quite cute. It is a vibrant green sheep. And as I said, an iridescent green, pink, and blue shifting toggle for the button. I will include, of course, pictures in the show notes. Thank you, Katrinkles. 
And thank you, Nick Crate. And we're going to get back to our regularly scheduled episode right after this. This episode brought to you by Gage Rage. Gage! When you're knitting and you just can't get Gage. Gage Rage. Helmet. Check. Jacket. Check. New crafting gear. Check. And last today, we have gear check, where I go in-depth on equipment, anything I've ever been sent for review, which hasn't happened yet, but I figured since I was spinning again, I should really think about this. And have I, have I introduced my spinning wheel yet? I don't know that I have, so let me rectify that. I use an Ashford Kiwi 2 spinning wheel. It is an upright, double treadle, scotch tension, single drive wheel. Don't worry. I'm going to go over what all of that means. This information comes from a combination of paradisefibers.com and the Woolery. And I believe the Woolery is, in fact, who I bought my spinning wheel through. I will provide links in the show notes. Standing spinning wheels come in a few general profiles, the Saxony, the Upright, and the Norwegian. Saxony wheels are an older design. If you need a visual kind of like the one depicted in Disney's Sleeping Beauty, that is a Saxony wheel. They usually have one pedal and the flyer and bobbin are on the side of the main wheel. So it's kind of a horizontal setup. You also don't sit on the wheel, you sit at the wheel. The part that you sit at, sit on, where you plant your arse is not on the spinning wheel contraption itself. Norwegian wheels also have a horizontal setup, like the Saxony, but those are usually on a bench. So you plant your arse on the wheel contraption, I believe. I did not go looking for the specifics of Norwegian wheels, I'll admit, because they're not really relevant. I just wanted to be like, hey, those exist. Hey, those exist. Lastly, upright or castle wheels tend to take up less floor space and position the flyer and bobbin above the main wheel. Mine is above and a little bit to the front. Castle wheels can have one or two pedals. My Ashford Kiwi 2 is an upright or castle wheel. It is a vertical setup as opposed to the horizontal wider ones. My understanding is that the bigger Saxony wheels were more commercial and purpose-driven, whereas the castle wheels, because they have the smaller footprint and take up less space, those are more for enjoyment. I can't really back that up very well, but that is the understanding I have gleaned. The treadle refers to the number of pedals on the machine. A single treadle wheel requires the use of only one foot at a time to power the wheel. Therefore, the drive shaft of a single treadle wheel can be straight and attached to a spoke on the main wheel. It just goes up and down. That's all it needs to do. Whereas a double treadle uses two pedals to turn the main wheel. Double treadles, like my Ashford Kiwi 2, need both feet to pedal, and the drive shaft is usually offset to accommodate for the motion of two pedals. 
So double treadles are typically upright. A single treadle can be upright or it can be the Saxony profile. There will be a picture of what I mean by offset drive shaft in the show notes. The tension on a wheel controls how much fiber is being pulled onto the bobbin. So mechanisms can add either positive tension by speeding something up or negative tension by slowing something down. Scotch tension, such as what I've got, is a negative tension system. A line is run over the bobbin and adjusted as needed to slow that bobbin down. The flyer, which is the thing spinning around the bobbin, is driven by the drive band and the turning of the wheel. The flyer continues to turn at a steady pace, wrapping yarn onto the bobbin. Scotch tension is controlled by turning a knob to tighten or loosen the line on the bobbin. As the bobbin spins more freely, the yarn gains more twist, low tension. If the tension is higher, the yarn is pulled by the flyer and wound onto the bobbin with less twist. And finally, drive. A double drive spinning machine uses a drive band to go around the main wheel, up to the bobbin, back down around the wheel, and then up to the whirl on the flyer. Double drive spinning wheels have a reputation for firmer, more consistent yarns, but are typically more difficult for new spinners. On a single drive spinning wheel, like my Ashford Kiwi 2, the drive band goes around the main wheel once and only connects the main wheel to the flyer whirl. The spin of the bobbin is controlled through a separate brake line. All single drive spinning machines are also scotch tension machines. So those are the technical aspects of my spinning wheel. But technicalities are not the only aspects worth considering for a review. And that's kind of why we're here in gear tech, isn't it? Because this is where I review shit. I purchased the Ashford Kiwi 2 in 2018, I think. And I have, I have found it to be a remarkable little wheel. It arrived via mail carrier, unassembled. It came with assembly instructions, three bobbins, a flyer, drive band, brake line, associated springs, and all of the hardware needed to fully assemble the wheel. It also included suggestions for how to treat the wooden parts of the wheel to prevent wear and tear and keep the wood in good condition. Also in the package was a brief overview and pamphlet explaining how to spin and the details of the ratios between the wheel and the flyer, i.e. how many times around is my flyer spinning for each rotation of the wheel. It even had a few ounces of fiber to practice spinning and get accustomed to the wheel. I found all of that incredibly good. I was not expecting the comprehensive guide to how to spin or how to assemble your spinning wheel. That was great. I don't know if that is Ashford standard or if that came from the vendor that I purchased the spinning wheel from, but I still appreciated it. But onto the physical wheel itself. The height of the wheel is really comfortable for me to use for long sessions of spinning. I can relax on a couch or other chair and position myself so that my back and knees are comfortable for hours. The science of posture and body positioning are topics for another time, but they are important. I find that the scotch tension is easy 
and intuitive to control. I do not have to stop spinning to change the tension, so that's more efficient. Two treadles means that I have greater control over which direction the wheel spins. I don't have to start my spinning wheel with my hands. I just need to start treadling. That's really easy for getting started, for picking up, spinning in the middle of a length of fiber. It's quite simple. Also, the treadling motion with two treadles is akin to pedaling a bicycle, so the motion is really familiar. I have not worked for any long period of time on a single treadle or other type of spinning wheel, but researching into the different types of wheels and what all of the technical aspects mean for this podcast episode has kind of given me a hankering to try. Like, I don't know, maybe I'll go try a different kind of wheel just to see what it's like. I'm really interested in trying a double drive spinning wheel. That could be interesting. But I'm pretty sure that uh, that brings us to the end of the road. And that concludes this episode of Spinning on Two Wheels. The theme music is Organ Rock, classic hard rock by Julius H. and is used under a Creative Commons license. Remember to join the group on Ravelry and check out the Instagram at The Kickass Knitter. Show notes are always found at twowheelspodcast.wordpress.com. If you like this show, rate and review. It really does help. Audio and emotional support by my brother Larry. Hi, everybody. You can find more of his work nowhere because he is an enthusiastic amateur. Thank you again for joining me. And remember, I'm repping for you. We're all in this together. Keep your wheels on the road. Why is my heart beating like crazy? We know why. I chose Vogue Knitting, the ultimate knitting book. Vogue Knitting, the ultimate knitting book by the editors of Vogue Knit. I'm going to go get that book real quick. To the bone.